Jeez, Dad, not the car again. Oh, happens all the time with old Betsy. Have you checked out Carvana yet? They have thousands of cars for under $20,000. But do those thousands of cars have personality like old Betsy? Betsy's held together by tape. And there are raccoons living in the engine. It's a family car. Uh, there are flames on the hood? Ah, custom paint job. No, Dad, the car's on fire. How many cars did you say Carvana had? Visit Carvana.com to shop thousands of cars for under $20,000. We'll drive you happy at Carvana. So today is a special guest, that um, a surprise guest that arranged for Joe. He hasn't got a clue who it is. And um, there we go. Mm. I'm not turning And I would yet. suggest you turn round in case no, they come early. early. <laughs> come on. It's too early. To, I can't. Play I'm, the game. Come on. It's too early. We've started too early to turn round. But they might come early. <sighs> That's what she said. Have we all said the that, way round. That's what she said. Have we said that enough to go on a T-shirt yet? Do you reckon? That's what she yeah. said. Yeah. All the way round. So, uh, so Joe, is, he's uh, on the uh, surprise guest, guest spinny chair and he's spun around. He's, now his back's facing <laughs> those, his uh, laptops. We can't see when the guest arrives. How are you feeling? Um, how am I feeling? Okay, I woke up today... A little, like, kind of, I came to a bit of talking to you because I knew I had this, and I was just like, it's fine, don't stress out, and I buried it. But I don't, I don't enjoy it. The truth is, I don't, I don't get why we have to, I know I get why we have to do it, but it just stresses me out, and I think it's sort of undue stress that I don't need. <laughs> Turn around, please. No, 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 oh, turn around the other way, the other way. <laughs> oh, <my> no. <laughs> <laughs> face on it. You totally caught him. Oh, God. Oh, that was too uh, early. I was like, no, I'm not ready. I need, am I ready? It's fine. I like, um, it's fine. This is all fine, but I don't, it just, there's just a level of stress that I just think, well, why am I doing this at 48? Why am I stressing me out? I don't need to. Because your, your audience love it. 
I know, but do, does it gain enough enjoyment to stress well, me out? Well, won't do it then. Won't do it then. Fine, Good. turn around. <laughs> oh, no, oh, no, Please turn all the way around. Are they here then? No, I just don't like I don't see your eyeball. <laughs> oh, you meant, um, I thought you were letting yeah, me Yeah, no, all the way around. I just want to see. <laughs> oh, I thought you were saying don't, you don't have to do it. I thought well, that was kind, but you're actually doing the opposite. Ah, <sighs> right. It, why, I just, it, as I said to you earlier, there's too many factors in it that are out of my control, and I think <laughs> I, I might make a wally of myself. Oh, they're here, they're here, they're here. Really? Don't no, they're not. No, they're not. Yeah, don't. <laughs> <laughs> don't do any of that. It annoys me. I'm in control. <laughs> I want to feel relaxed again. That's what I want. I after we. You do, really are talking. I like talking too much. Waffly, waffly, <laughs> William. <laughs> okay, <yeah. laughs> I don't know what to do. No, I felt like this with the last. I really, I can see your eyeball. I felt like this with the last <laughs> one. I really did. I, it was not. It's not the end of the world, but yeah. it's just like, just the, I'm tense. I've got like a knotted stomach. What are you worried about? Uh, what am I worried about? Like it's someone that freaks me out or something. And I don't know what to say. Like, what, what do you mean? Like Because you can't. <laughs> what? Like what? Dracula. <laughs> yeah, like Dracula. Yeah. No, but it's like, like when we do an interview someone, you can, if you've got a little bit of prep, you can go, oh, I'll ask them about that. I've got like a safety net. Yeah. They'll go, oh, I'll, it worst comes to worst, I'll bring up that thing they did that I like or whatever. Yeah. And, and imagine if someone not, like, I don't really know enough about them or something. Yeah. And, I, and I'm just going, oh, and I'm thinking, oh, they're definitely an actor, but... Or they're singing, I can't think of any of their songs, but oh fuck. How do you, you think I'm behaving? You're fine, which makes me think now, actually, makes me think this should be okay then, actually. No, so you said a couple of things that's just like, it, oh, it's a biggie, which and I was like, oh, you said that in a way that made me think, oh, you, it is. <laughs> These are the, this is the best bit for me. <laughs> Trying to um, work stuff out and see your eyeball. But, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that got put that on a t shirt. <laughs> I can see your the eyeball. new Christmas selection. That was a Christmas. What's it? It feels a bit like, you know, when you're guessing, it feels like the traitors where you go, it's all yeah. nonsense what I'm guessing. Yeah. So. That might not be, though. And this turning around makes it worse. <laughs> <laughs> does, doesn't it? Because you're. Your brain's going a million miles an hour yeah. when you turn around and you compute yeah. who it is. And it's also this things like you go, oh, you could have said to them, come on at like 52, uh, like 52, because he'll still be turned around. And we'll see how long we can talk with <laughs> him not knowing you're there or something like that. So all that kind of going on there. Now I think they're there and you that's exactly what you've done. And I feel sick. You would have been awful on Blind Day. <laughs> really stressy with a girl number three oh, what are you behind the wall are you oh yeah you're right darling <laughs> sod off <laughs> stressed <laughs> oh God, I, um, I think the guest is trying to oh don't is it you what's this a joke one uh, hello guest if you could <laughs> be quiet guest because joe doesn't know you're coming on is this a joke one 
Um, have you got your your video on, guest? Okay, the guest the guest has arrived, Joe. So turn around when you're ready. <laughs> oh my god! I think I might cry. <laughs> I was feeling the same thing seeing you, mate. <laughs> oh right, I'm actually welling up. Oh, I'm not even joking. Oh no! Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Rangeford. Yeah, indeed, indeed, indeed. How you doing, man? I don't know what to say. <laughs> For the benefit of the listeners at home, Joe's. Oh wow! Uh, oh my God! How? How's, I don't know what to. Genuinely, don't know what to say. I, I am, I am possibly your biggest fan. Oh, wow! There we go! There we go! How's this? How, how's this happened? How is this? <laughs> we're, I've been talking about this for years, like this yeah. jokingly about trying to get you uh, on to chat. Oh my God! Here I am. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure, really. Um, really. You're touring at the moment, aren't you? I'm on the road, yeah. As we speak, I'm on three gigs in. It's quite early on because we've got 20-something gigs. So, yeah. It's you were lot. Nottingham the other night, weren't you? Yeah, we were. We're doing an um, independent mu- music venues tour, so small places, but, you know, independently run. Oh, my God. And, uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Are you coming to Brighton? Are we doing Brighton? I don't think you are. I don't, I I don't look think at you are because I, I I looked down the list immediately yeah. and you weren't. And I saw you, I thought oh because I saw you doing London. Yeah, yeah, we're doing London. We're doing, doing a couple of dates in London and we're doing I think Margate, but we're not doing Brighton for some reason. Because uh, you've done comedia before. Yeah, done comedia. Uh, I was in Brighton, I think late last year, possibly. I'm getting confused now. So. Yeah, because the last time you here, I was away. Because Petra told me while I was away, my other half, who you might have dealt with, said, "Oh, Rochester's in." I was like, "I know, I'm away." <laughs> yeah, always great crowds in in Brighton as well. The best. Yeah, it's it's a it's a really good uh, comedy is a really good venue for music actually because it's obviously mainly see it for comedy and we saw a couple of gigs in there. And it's it's brilliant for you. I'm I'm trying to be normal. It's not working. <laughs> I've just got to be honest. I'm trying to. I'm just talking and I'm sweating. And what do you like to be called? Is it Andrew or? Yeah. Well, you know, um, I don't really mind. You know, normally, I mean, my my surname is Roachford, and yeah. you know, growing up uh, at school, when I got in trouble, they called me Roachford. They called me Andrew. <laughs> but, you know, I don't mind now because it's obviously my stage. Yeah. People me, so yeah. yeah. For for the sake of your listeners, you can call me Roachman for sure. I, de- I desperately, I desperately want to text my friend Adam. Like so bad, <laughs> it's killing me. I, I spoke to Petra yesterday. I said, "How do you think Joe's going to react?" And there's no doubt Petra is behind the door listening now. Yeah. But Petra said, um, "I think he might cry." I, I'm, I'm not. I'm absolutely not joking. My eyes went. All right, I, I'm just going to try and be. Not, I'm just going to admit that I'm freaking out a bit. But <laughs> I played you. I played you. I came down the aisle to you. Oh wow! And and you were our first dance as well on the same day, our wedding. Oh, like, well, my okay. missus was like, "Fine, we'll do both." And I was like, "Yes." <laughs> and so that's how big a deal it is. Oh my god! Wow, um, that's real. That's real, man. I'm, yeah, I'm flattered. I'm, I'm flattered. You know, you're such a talent. Such a big talent, 
And uh, yeah, so for me, it's just, it's it's a big deal too seeing you. Really? And, oh, yeah, no, definitely. Don't say that. I'll literally, cr- I will yeah, cry. Definitely, I love your humor. You're so original in your in your approach and everything. It's just it's just you're one of a kind. You know, you're oh, definitely God. one of a kind. Oh, I love you. I love your way. <laughs> This and is I, a lovely. I, 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 I mean it. So you know, I'm not just sort of trying to come back with something. No, it's genuine, genuine. Oh my! Oh shit! Um, you know, I think this is the highlight of the podcast. We've been going. We've put out about 300 episodes. This oh, is wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we talked about like what I know why you said because Dave was going what what who would we get on would freak you out and I said you <laughs> and you must have known that and you didn't give it away. Because we talked about not coping, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't cope." And then hey, I'm still—I can't get my breath back. It's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> Is this must be so weird for you? I'm sorry. I'm now my brain's going. Try and not be weird, but ah, uh. yeah, this is this, this is kind of different, but. It could have been worse. I could have been asked to be the strippergram at your wedding. You know, you're, well, you're, you're, well, that nearly happened. <laughs> <laughs> right, I, te- I tell you what, I thought I had a thing in my head. I thought, I wonder if Petra's going to try and get you along to our wedding. I wonder. And I was like, You did, didn't you? Yeah, you I was did, like, didn't you? In my head, I was like, Maybe, maybe, okay, not first dance, but maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe he's gigging locally and Petra said, Look, it'd make his. Day, if you and, and I just like <laughs> getting like quarter past one in the morning. I'm like, it's not, not coming. coming. Uh, <laughs> probably was away somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Well, when, whenever whenever you're on the radio, isn't it right? You get oh, your yeah. friend. It happened this morning. I want to find my phone. My friend said Radio Two now. And every time you're on the radio, because he, he's at work listening to Radio 2, every time Cuddy Toy comes, it goes Radio 2 now. And even though I listen to it like six times a week i always put the radio on <laughs> and have a little chip and uh and, and the other joke is whoever's the djs play it we always say uh, so scott mills today yeah uh he uh i always say scott mills knows his stuff and then my <laughs> mate always write bloody right or something so that's been going on for 20 years when you wrote that song when you wrote that song did you have any idea of it's that it was going to last you know it's longevity and you can't. Did you feel like it was a special song? I definitely felt like it was a special song once we got, you know, once I got grooving with it with the band because I'd written it just with a couple of like keyboards and synthesizer and a guitar. Yeah. And started playing it live because I actually didn't write it to record it. I wrote it to to for extra song when like the gigs. You know, I was like, we've got to have a song that we can jam for like twenty minutes at the end of the set. And, uh, you know, as a, as a end song and I wrote it and we'd already recorded the album without it. And the album was actually packaged. And I, f- I remember rightly, the album actually had gone to the shop. So some people might have a copy of the first album without cuddly toy on it. Right. We had to recall it because I'd written this song that record company were coming to the shows and they were like, what is that song that you playing at the end of the gigs that we haven't actually got on the record? I said, oh, that's a song, cuddly toy. And, and they went, we should record it. And so we recorded it. And then they were like, well, it's great, but you can't call it Cuddly Toy. And I was just like, well, that's what it's called. <laughs> and then, you know, the rest is history. Do you know how long it took to write? It wasn't that long because it was like, really, I was about to go out on tour and I just, a couple of days, put the song together and we recorded it in, it, it's kind of recorded live because it was a band set up in a studio. So we recorded a couple of hours. So it's quite 
quickly done and uh, it's actually quite a blur to me, you know, as opposed to some of the other songs that I maybe laboured over for a while and went, this is yeah. it. Cuddly Toy was a sort of a last 11th hour quick thing. So yeah, sometimes it works like that. And how old were you when you wrote it? I was about 21. No! Yeah, no. in my early 20s. No. Yeah, yeah. See, we always get freaked out when we find out amazing things that people have done young. Because me and David didn't do anything till our like mid thirties, basically. Well, you can question whether we did it then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that might have been egging what we do. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. So, what? How big were the venues you were playing at the time when you wrote that? Well, I would, I just got a record deal, and we were basically playing. <laughs> they, in those days, you had time to develop as an artist and whatever. They would just send you in a transit van up and down the motorways. Yeah. And playing, you know, student unions in universities and polytechnics. I actually called us the polyfillers because we were always playing polytechnics. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so that was kind of what our, and no one knew who we were. We were just turning up and we were just the entertainment for that night. Every week they had a different band and we yeah. just turned up. And so it was like we had to win over the crowds each gig. And, and, and then one of the gigs, you know, I remember we were traveling up north and had Radio One on. And my first single, which was Family Man, went oh, on the radio. Okay. And I just knew that, because in those days, when it was like one centralised yeah. chart. Yeah. I just yeah. knew from that, from that point that things were going to be a bit different. <laughs> and so how did, you get the, how did you get the record deal? Was that just someone seeing you play live? Yeah, actually it was. I mean, I started gigging, you know, the Rochford family are like generations deep in music. And so I grew up in a household where musicians were jamming, playing, rehearsing. And my uncle, who was a genius saxophonist, heard me playing once when I had piano lessons and he was like, took me under his wing. So I started working with him at 14. I was still at school in the day, falling asleep at school and working nightclubs in the West End at night. And, um, you know, social services could have done, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and that someone who was working at Island Records, uh, we played at oh. a bar in North London, which was his local. And then he, he came up to me afterwards and said, you sound really good. And we were doing covers. So do you write? And I just started writing songs. I was like, yeah, I've got a cassette. And I happened to have a cassette on me just yeah. in case. And I gave it to him and I didn't even hear anything for a while. It's because it, the tape went circulating around the industry and then there was this buzz. And it took, wow. a, it took a while, but then... Um, who was that person that took the his tape? Name was, his name was Guy Holmes, who right. became quite well known in the industry for... Uh, he had a label called, oh, I can't even name his label, because he left Island Records and he started his own label. But one of the people on his label, for example, was Tom Jones. And he was he was uh, responsible for the comeback career with the Reloaded album. That was a Guy Holmes project yeah. and loads of people. But, um, you know, and uh, actually he introduced me to Stevie Wonder. Guy Holmes, I'll, I'll always be, wow. <laughs> you know, wow. that was one of my sort of like, oh, my God, moments like me. Yeah, just, how were you when you met him then? You, you weren't as bad as me, I hope. <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm still not coping, so I hope you got to the point where you did. <laughs> you know, Joe hasn't listened to a word you said, he's just staring at you. And blah, blah, blah. I'm going to listen to this pod back like I'm a listener for the first time. <laughs> oh, no, the Stevie Wonder meeting was even. Wow. It, it was, it was kind of like this because I didn't expect to meet Stevie. I was at, it was a launch party uh, for um, a film called Jungle Fever. And uh, Stevie Wonder had written the soundtrack, but I didn't know he was actually at the party, you know. And then I get a tap on my shoulder, and it was this guy, Guy Holmes, and he had Stevie with him and uh, said, someone like, you know, want to meet 
And uh, I stood there with my mouth open and I outstretched my hand, of course, forgetting <laughs> Steve Wonder's blind, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm standing there with my hand outstretched, but not actually touching Stevie. And yeah. then, I, then I kind of went, oh, no, you've actually got to grab his hand. Well, <laughs> I just did that over Zoom, so. <laughs> <laughs> Similar thing. Wow. So did you get to chat to him and stuff? Yeah, I, chat, I, I spoke to him. I've met him on a couple of occasions and on that occasion we didn't really get to talk. There was loads of people standing around us and I was kind of a bit like you are now. And, and uh, <laughs> uh, but then I made a, I made a worse one where I met him once and he was talking about how he records music on the computer and uh, he said oh, he uses this program called Pro Tools or something. No, he used uh, something else. And I used something else. I said, I use something called Logic. And he said, do you think that's better? Because I'm thinking of changing. And I said, yeah. And he said, why? I said, oh, my God, the visuals are so much better on Logic. <laughs> and, uh, I didn't even realise because he was just nodding. It was only on my way home. I had a... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had a moment. So... <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, how did the... Um... I've, got, I've got to ask about the lockdown uh, cover with... Uh, Gary Barler. How did that come about? Because I did a little squeal when that came on as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I remember um, hearing over the years that Gary Barlow was a was a fan of mine, and uh, I think I bumped into him once where we. Oh yes, I I opened for him and something, and uh, he came up to me as I'd played and he said, "Why am I going on after you? I can't do this." <laughs> right. lovely, lovely guy, and he and uh, I think he recorded. Uh, cuddly toy once and I saw him perform it once so I knew he was a fan and then it just came like would you be interested in doing this thing and uh, of course I said yes and at the time it was a lockdown so mm. uh, the only way that you could even get out there was to go onto stuff like this onto zoom and and I was getting used to the whole uh, sort of virtual world because I'm a I'm a guy that goes gigs I'm a gigging muso you know that's what yeah, I do yeah. and it was really weird to me to be sitting in a room performing and at the end of the performance because of zoom you can't really hear anything <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 And like, oh, that's a lead balloon you know and, uh, <laughs> yeah. i could get used to that but the gary barlow thing was good fun and the idea of it being a duet and uh him playing was 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 great after that i had a massive conversation with my friend adam about <laughs> god why am i saying this yeah, careful uh, what you say. <laughs> oh. I was, we were discussing what we would duet with you. Oh, so embarrassing! Wow. Oh. Like, yeah. like, and uh, we got like we <laughs> we're going. I think I would have gone a little bit left field, and maybe and I was like, oh, Jesus, why even start saying that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, way too much for you. Is sorry. It, is it right that you wrote songs for other musicians? Yeah, I mean, off and on, I wasn't really, I mean, I, I didn't really have time to do that. I was yeah. I was on stage a lot, so, you know, but I got asked a lot by a lot of people. And when I was being being really young and, uh, you know, maybe not the best management on the planet, <laughs> I just sort of was going, oh, yeah, whatever. And one of the people, believe it or not, was Michael Jackson. And when I say that, people go, what? And even I was like, I was gigging somewhere and this guy comes backstage, I don't even know how he got backstage, uh, with an American accent. He says, hey, uh, you know, I just want to tell you that my boss, Michael, really likes your, your songwriting. You remind him of Zion and Family Stone, he was saying. And I was like, you keep saying Michael, and I've got no idea who you're talking about. And he's like, well, Michael Jackson. And I was just like, security. <laughs> I didn't wow. even believe him. I didn't believe him. And the next time I saw him, um, um, it was at 
a Michael Jackson concert in Wembley and he was with the Michael Jackson entourage and he came up to me and he's like, why didn't you guys call me? What's going on? And I was like, I didn't actually believe you for real. Wow. It turned out that, and then the next time I, I was you know, performing in America and the whole Jackson family was in the audience and that's when I realised. What? What? It was, what? It, yeah, they were all, it was a Sony, it was a Sony do. So obviously we were all signed to the same label and the curtains, it was, the curtains went, and about to start the first song, and I was full of confidence. And but when the curtains opened, I could see the the audience, and it was Jacksons everywhere. And I remember seeing Cindy Lauper and all these names. Oh my I kind God. of, I at the time growing up with because they were like the names, and yeah, I, I kind of forgot the first opening words of the song. <laughs> You know, that was um, a bit mad. And then you know, I've written with people like Joss Stone, or you know, yeah, um, Shaka Khan. Uh, asked me to do something because she was she heard me at a gig and she's like, "Who wrote the song you were singing, Innocent?" I, I was like, "I did." She was like, "Can you write me a song?" <laughs> and I'm thinking, "That's just, this is Chaka Khan." You so know, did you did you write her a song? No, we were supposed to get together in the studio, right. and I got sick that day, and she had to fly back to America, and it right. never happened, you know. Uh, and I still bump into her every now and again, and and I'm sure maybe it can still happen. But, you know, the fact, again, it's just that they say it's so nice to be asked by people that, you know, you just yeah. worship, you know, worship. Yeah. Shaka Khan is like, I don't know, she was another planet for me, you know. Yeah. Joe, Joe's waiting for you to ask him, to be yeah, fair. Well, I, I've got a couple of ideas. <laughs> yeah. The things I've been tinkering with since I was about 14. <laughs> I actually might start writing <laughs> the upshots. Oh dear! Um, is that is that the stuff that you're most proud of? Like the writing, like like for because we write, and that's the side of it I sort of find the most proud of is the writing side of stuff. And like it's you know the performance, obviously, well I we find it terrifying, but the fact that you can write is it's quite rare in like to do it all, isn't it? I feel like it is rare. It is rare because actually some of my favourite singers don't actually write, you know, yeah. and. Uh, it's, it is, I guess it's rare. I mean, um, I've always loved creating songs, uh, loved being in the studio, um, but the, because I grew up performing live, I grew up with it, it's in my blood. And the fact is that you can take a song and each time you can do something slightly different with it. And I think that's how I've managed to sort of keep it fresh over the years. Cause when you're in the game for a few decades, and people want to hear, obviously they want to hear the hits, they want to hear, I don't want to hear, I need to be with you the way I feel. And they want to hear Cuddly Toy. Um, and, you know, at one point I thought, haven't I played that enough? But then you realise that not everyone has been to every show that you've done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. People say the same jokes, and, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and when it dawned on me is I went to a Prince concert and he was doing, a, I think it was uh, the Batman album or something. He didn't do Purple Rain. And I was like... Oh yeah, I see what it's like now from the other side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I put Cuddly Toy back into the set um, for that reason. Yeah, yeah. I think I think there'd be a riot, wouldn't there? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what's yeah. strange though? When I go off to Europe and I play a lot in in out of uh, the UK, um, Cuddly Toy wasn't the biggest hit in say like Germany or. Oh really? What was bigger? Um, well, only to be with you and oh, yeah. you love on me. Songs from the third and second album. And uh, so they don't know it. So it's kind of a weird, it's, they've got a completely different perspective of me. I think in England, a lot of people see me as a, a singles type guy uh, and, you know, more of, a, more of a pop star than 
in in Germany, for example, they think I'm a serious album dude, which is good because it gives you that longevity anyway. Mm. And I am a songwriter, so it's not just about the one that was your biggest hit is is all you do. And uh, so it's interesting playing to different countries and getting a completely different perspective. Yeah. Do you want Cuddly Toy or not? Do you want it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You say it really aggressively at the yeah. end. Do you want yeah, it or not? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Got it in the holster. Yeah. So it was in the back pocket there, but yeah. Hey guys, it's Kayla Yule from Directionally Challenged, a podcast about realigning your internal compass. New KFC chicken nuggets are finally here and you have never had nuggets like these. All of the delicious KFC flavor you love in one amazing chicken nugget. 100% white meat, hand breaded in KFC's original recipe. Order new KFC fried chicken nuggets now available at participating KFC near you. Guys, they're finger licking good. So how many how many gigs do you do a year? Are you gigging a lot? Yeah, I'm gigging a lot. Uh, I haven't really counted how many. I guess there's, it's there's 22 on your post you put on Twitter, by the way. Yeah, yes, and then I basically <laughs> I'll do those, and then uh, as soon as I've finished the last date of my tour, I go into rehearsals with Mike and the Mechanics, so I also oh, sing, yeah. or sing for yeah. them. And uh, we'll be touring until June, till the first week in June. Right. God, she's shattered. Yeah, it's going to be quite nuts, but I guess I'm used to it. But it's, it is quite full on. By June, I'll probably need a bit of a break. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll go on to do some more dates later, late summer, maybe a couple of festivals. And so I spend a good part of the year, I'd say a portion of the year touring. Um, and it definitely got more when it ended up being in two bands. And I've been with Mike and Mechanics now for like 12, 13 years. Mm. And they tour quite a lot. And so it's nuts. It is yeah. nuts. And do yeah. you get time to go into the studio and do, yeah, you have to, like, play stuff? Yeah, you sort of sort of say, okay, get management to, to block off a certain amount of time and say, we'll have to say no to any gigs coming in at that point unless there's something really special, you know. But generally speaking, you just go, well, I'm not available and I'm going to get my writing cap on. Uh, and then you just block out a couple of months. Um, and I, do, I tend to not think, well, I'm going to make an album. I just start to think, just write and see what happens. And Right, and you don't have anything sort of yeah. prepared. You just go, right, now I've got time. You know, are you, like, coming up with stuff as you go along? or just Yeah, exactly, because I tried doing that sort of, right, this is the album's going to be like this and I'm going to do it and be really kind of contrived about it and then mm. you, you put too much pressure on yourself and, the, and it, the flow doesn't happen I like it when you're just writing and then a few months go by and you start realizing wow I'm actually making an album here I've got enough material now yeah. for an album and you didn't you don't even know how it happened but and they tend to be the best songs as well what do you write on on keyboard or guitar or mainly keyboards but some songs I write on guitar yeah um, funny that Cuddly Toy Family Man, they're big guitar anthems. Yeah. I'm kind of a frustrated guitarist. I'm, I can busk, I can play guitar, but I'm not like, a, you know, I can't play jazz and licks and stuff like that. I can play chords and strum, which is kind of what you need when you're doing yeah. what I do. Um, um, but I, when I play keyboards, I think like a guitarist because I was trained on the keyboards, but my head, I love Jimi Hendrix, for example, and I love, yeah. a, lot of, I love a lot of 
like guitarists of blues and stuff like that. So I'm a bit of a weirdo because most people assume that my stuff's written on guitar, but it's not. It's written mostly on keyboards. Well, so can we, when you wrote Cuddly on A, are you all right talking about Cuddly Toy? <laughs> I, hope, yeah. I hope so. Right, well, that... <laughs> for, for instance, when you're writing that, are you? how are you writing it? Are you playing the chords and then just singing gobbledygook and then writing the lyrics? Or is that how it works, getting the melody right? And then... Yeah, it tends to be the melody and the sounds of the words, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Know yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but that one, the words came... Andrew, off. hang on a minute, Joe's eyes just went... <laughs> <laughs> All right, I have been thinking, I wonder if he's going to sing. <laughs> then you did it, and I was hoping to internalise yeah. that, and it just came boing. out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, um, maybe not as internal as you'd like, but... Yeah. You know, and then, yeah, but with that song, the words came quite quickly because I had a strong theme and and it, the story is so odd that I don't even tell it too much because people kind of go, that makes no sense. But then some things in life don't make sense. And my manager at the time also had a stake in uh, the Garfield the Cat merchandise and he'd given us his massive cuddly toy and we plonked it on the stage um, because he told us to, and I think he was just trying to advertise his stuff. <laughs> and, um, but then after every gig, girls would try and steal it. And my keyboard player was, you know, quite a ladies' man. Clock that he's like, oh, women like stuffed animals for some reason, and Did got I... himself one and was walking around. Just what I mean, I know it sounds nuts, but he walked <laughs> and because he was quite good looking, I think that was more of what it seemed to always work. You sort of always ended up with the girl. And so I thought, that's the worst chat up line on the planet. Like, you know, trying to go for the sympathy angle and, you know, yeah, like having a little dog or something. And so the whole song was kind of a tongue-in-cheek. Right, right. Of him, you know. Yeah. So I kind of had this whole thing in my mind. So the song happened very quickly and it was going to be an in-joke with the band, never to be released. But then it turned out that it was that good. That That's we had what, to- is that why it works? Because you didn't, obviously you took all the pressure off yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you were like, well, it's just a silly thing to play at the end and then. Exactly. Yeah. I think then you sort of, you, you engage more of a, an artistic, honest flow because you've got no preconceptions of how you want it to be perceived. You just go, this is fun. You know, there's nothing to lose. And, and that fearlessness can, can, can create some really great things. What I want to know is what is it like to be at the front of the stage with a mic Feeling sexy as fuck, <laughs> <laughs> singing songs that people just apt. Yeah, because oh, I yeah. want that life. You <laughs> should say Dave, David's a frustrated really uh, lead singer. It's not. Is it good fun? It's not so much fun for my girlfriend, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Must be fantastic. Yeah, uh, I think um, you know. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess I guess so. It's kind of weird because my career has gone in these weird phases. Like, you know, there, there's been this sort of knicker-throwing phase. <laughs> Is there really? Yeah. Knicker-throwing? I mean, as in, I mean, like, you get, you get, I mean, when I first, the first tour I did, I went out opening for um, Terence Trent Derby, who was like, oh. oh, no way. And it was mostly young girls in the audience, you know. We're going back a long time and it was just like, just female and because they're young, 
they completely lose it, you know. And a lot of them would do stuff like faint, and they're faking fainting to try and get. Well, Joe, to be fair, Joe. Did <laughs> yeah. that. To be fair, it can happen to anyone. I don't even know. Is his pants hit the zoom? Oddly <laughs> <laughs> enough, when when Cuddly Toy came out. My audience for, for a while got really blokey and I'd walk right. on stage and they would be like, Andy, Andy, you know, that kind yeah. of, it was almost like a, a mob chant type crowd. Right. Uh, and then by the time I got to sort of the third, um, I noticed that it was females again and uh, it was a bit more grown up. So it wasn't just sort of yeah. like teenies, but it was like grown women, which is it's quite nice i think it's i think they pick up on something in the music and then they drag in their boyfriends to the show so you know <laughs> yeah i think you know it was, it was great it's good vibe not yeah. all of us have to be dragged <laughs> some of us do the dragging i'd love yeah. to know what it's like in that moment i really would jeepers creepers i saw a document documentary of a I can't, it's like a young guy and he had like uh, his bike and they, the curtain dropped to, to, for him to appear Yeah, and they had the camera behind him and everyone sort of milling about and just like 2,000 people just went bananas in that moment and I Nuts. thought, how are you not going to get carried away and go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you're, when you're young, you know, I think there's a period of, because well, everyone's telling you how great you are, that yeah. when you're young, it's hard not to get, most people do get, a bit carried away and then as you get older you sort of find yourself again yeah. uh, and then realize you know you're just a, someone singing you know it's not really that big a deal but but there's a time when when you're younger that it's, it's hard to I mean I was lucky because I had a band guys around me that always took the mic and so yeah I'm quite grounded because I was just Andrew to them and it didn't really uh, yeah. so that my my immediate sort of surroundings was really like I wouldn't even know you know it's just you get out, and then it's a whole different thing. <laughs> do you still do you still play with the same people? Have you managed to? Now, the band's changed over the years. Um, uh, the original band that did Cuddly Toy and I toured with for quite a long time. You know, uh, the drummer decided he, he is in Brighton actually that he'd kind of had enough drumming. He just wanted to do other things and have a family and everyone kind of wanted to do their separate things. I think <laughs> they'd had enough of me as well. But uh, <laughs> no, actually we're still like me and uh, Derek, the bass player, are still good mates. But, you know, I think as well, I wanted to see other people, so to speak, because it was like being married, you know, you just, I had other musicians that were knocking on the door that wanted to work with me. And I was like, I only work with these guys. And I was being very, and it was very sort of like that. But then when my uh, when I split up with the main guys, I realised as well, there's a lot of different type of people out there that it's great to sort of try and work with and brings out a different part in what you do. Yeah. And uh, so uh, it's cool. What what happened to Tentred Dobby? Did he, he did a couple of albums. He changed his name. I, know, I, I saw recently he's still performing, but... I still talk to him every now and again. Because he was uh, huge, wasn't he? Yeah, and he, he was sort of disappeared. Huge. Wasn't he going to do stuff with Excess for a while and stuff like that? He was. No, he did do stuff. He sang with them. Yeah. He must be their lead singer after um, Mick Hutch uh, died. But he, uh, he he didn't, I don't, I don't know, they've done a few gigs and I think it quite worked. And he got to that point where I think, again, you talk about getting carried away. He got taken over by the whole rock and roll thing. And he was aware that he was kind of losing it. And decided right. before he became it became something tragic, uh, he would sort of pull out away from it. So he actually wow. left. 
he left wow. that and he went to live in Italy. And I remember yeah. him saying to me, and this is a lot of years ago, he says, I'm never coming back to the UK because he did his last gig he did in the UK. It didn't go well. The record company was slagging it off and whatever. And he said, I'm never coming back here. And I went, everyone says that, but this is the UK, you, London. You know, mm. He never came back. He no. went to Italy and he changed his name. Yeah. And he said, Terence Trent Darby's dead. And he basically got a family. He still he was still gigging around. It yeah. still gigs around, but he gigs, you know, he literally just drives around, plays with his band and little, you know, whatever he wants to do. Um, you know, he doesn't. He doesn't need to. to Sounds to do quite shows. nice, doesn't it? He's still, yeah, he's, he's he's got a good life and speaks Italian. I think Italian probably his first language now. Uh, so yeah, he was a stunning of, bugger, wasn't he? He was a yeah, stunning bugger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah, doing. Oh man, doing shows before. Oh, he's another one I've done yeah. a pencil drawing of. I've done a few pencil drawings of you and <laughs> him. <laughs> <laughs> the pencil drawings. I did. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, maybe you should send one as a thank you. Stop talking. Stop talking, Joe. <laughs> do you, I don't know why I'm asking this question, but do you know? If you do you know, or have you ever watched played with Lewis Taylor? Do you know Lewis Taylor? Uh, yeah, yeah. We did one gig together. Oh, did you? Yeah, he, yeah. he disappeared as well. Yeah, he he opened for me in one gig. Oh wow! Uh, and uh, I thought he was amazing, amazing artist, amazing singer, like a Marvin Gaye esque type, in, but really intense. And he is quite intense as a person. And I think right. that kind of slightly worked against him as well. I mean, right. he was uh, in, incredibly serious backstage. I remember that. I thought, wow, lovely guy, but he was really serious. And I was like, you rocked. You know, he rocked the crowd and I was, I was like, I went up to him and I was just raving and he was like, I want to go home and be with my cat. And I thought, oh, uh, oh, yeah, it was, it right. was a bit like that. So, yeah, I think, you know, and the thing is, is when you're an artist of his ilk, of his calibre, you can be, sensitivity comes with it, you know, and the industry is, the industry can be quite harsh and mm. you, have to lo- you have to learn how to deal with your sensitivities and the, the harshness of the music industry, the fact that it's, uh, you know, it's a business and, and uh, not everyone can, can deal with that. So the harshness of the industry, what's the, what's the typical example of what you've had to deal with and sort of well, roll again, with? Again, I was lucky because I had my band around me and, and like you guys, humour was, the, after music, humour was the next big thing. And I think yeah. humour saved us because we just thought everything was hilarious, which it kind of is. There was something like, you know, one of the jokes we had was, and it was true actually, like you you knew how well you were doing at the record label. If the head of the label got in the lift when you were in the lift and he said hello, then you knew you were doing really well. But if he got in the lift and completely ignored you, it wasn't looking good and it would change because that's the thickness. Jesus, what? It would change from, it could change from month to month. And uh, right, why would it change? Why, what what had they seen in an artist that what what is that? Is it an album's not selling or yeah, it could be that it could be chart position wasn't as high as they oh my God. wanted it to be that week, <laughs> and uh, or or it's done really well, better than they thought, and so you're the golden you're the golden boy. It's brutal, isn't it? Like because it's brutal. Yeah, because I always think with music, which I find quite upsetting, is this like. Everyone, yeah, it has to start young. You know what I mean, like to yes. kind of, and it feels like I remember seeing, uh, you know, Little Mix. I saw them in oh, BBC the the day after they won 
X Factor. Yeah. And they were surrounded by paparazzi and everything. Yeah. And they were like toddlers. You know what I mean? They were like 16. And mm. I just went, that looks horrendous. Mm. It looks bad. Like it should, it should be like, you can't start this madness until you're 26 or something. Because yes. we're all developing as yeah. kids. And then they're going, all right, yeah, you're, you're shit now or whatever. And yeah. you're like, well done. Can't say that to a... 18 year old that affects do you, do you feel that pressure when you were in your 20s getting older and did you feel like um you know the difference i think is that obviously because cuddly toy as a song did so well there was a, there was a time when it was everywhere and it never came off the radio yeah i'm team top of the pops in one song oh, um, talk about so, that for me yeah <laughs> so i i became a pop star but in my mind I was always a working musician yeah. and that was something that was like a, a, a byproduct of what I do so I didn't I wasn't drawn into the whole sort of that's why you, how you value yourself as a pop star and, and how well your fame is I, I was always working on getting better as an, a musician as a songwriter and that was where my focus was and the other part of it was part of the of my of my job, if you know what I mean. I think a lot of people get drawn into the whole thing about being a pop star as defining them, and the danger yeah, is yeah. it can it can go. You know, it goes when you're in the game long enough, you're going to not be as famous as you were at one point. More fame, and if you get caught up in that sort of sw that wave, that I mean, you can get into some serious trouble. Mm. Do you think because you could write? The as well, you always had that to sort of fall back yeah, on. Exactly. You go right. I'm just. Yeah. I can make. I can produce. Yeah, and because yeah. we always feel, feel like that, don't we, Dave? We go well. Mm. Whatever's happening, we can just sit down and write something. Yeah, the idea of just acting and waiting for yeah. an acting job, I just wouldn't want that. I just feel like you'd always want to be creating and yeah, yeah. just making something, even if it's not going anywhere. You all you work in your brain is yeah. sort of getting better at it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like that's that's good enough for that week if you've just written and written and hasn't gone there. I don't matter. It's not wasted. Mm. And, you know, I've, I, I haven't stopped really since, since back then. I haven't really taken sort of any long breaks. I've just been going and going. And sometimes what you do gets you on the TV and sometimes it doesn't. So for, for the public, if they don't see you on the TV, then they think, oh, he's obviously stopped. <laughs> yeah. but, but I've been working like a crazy, like since, since day dot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, doesn't matter. Have you ever have you ever written a song where you've thought this is the dog's bollocks, <laughs> and you've taken it into your band and they go nah, and you've you've had and you've gone no it is because David no, has because I've written hundreds, <laughs> <laughs> but I still believe in them. They haven't said nah to my face, uh, no, right? I okay. think I think I was uh, I was also lucky that the guys in my band were fans in a way of of my writing. And my musical approach, I think they just were really, uh, I mean, we had a lot of respect and high regard for each other. Uh, I've, I'm more of a critic to myself in the way that I've written songs and I've thought, yeah, you know, I've thought done that many times and I just went, you know, and I think often I've been right. Sometimes I've been wrong, you know, where I thought something was really okay. And those are the songs often that do better than you would expect. And yeah. I, I don't really, I can't always get into other people's perspective of of songs. I just know my perspective. Yeah. Um, but there have been songs where I've thought, wow, um, I'm really proud of that. And they're normally the ones that have, 
happened really quickly. And I'm like, where did, where did that come from? Yeah. <laughs> but how is it for you presenting a new song to people? Are you still, are you nervous? Are you still? Yeah. Yeah. Very sort of um, cautious and protective over it. Yeah. You know, I do think you have, you, do you have stages? Do you have someone you always play it to first or is it? Like well, yes. Yeah, it would have been, it would have been my brother for most of my career. Sadly, uh, a couple of years ago, he passed. But oh, sorry. it was always, it was always, he was always the guy because he had a good uh, gauge of somewhere between where I was and where I guess um, punters is, as uh, for want of a better phrase. But yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and then uh, a couple more friends. But I was, um, I can be very guarded with new songs. You know, I have to be hundred percent sure because I know that they that they may pick them apart. But now mm. I can't. Well, that's probably a good thing sometimes, you know, that they might pick on pick up on something that you you didn't see in the lyric. It's normally a lyric thing that's not quite uh, uh, doing what it's supposed to do. And uh, that's just a technical thing. Yeah. So what, by the time, it, uh, this is the thing, I don't know why I was thinking this, but like by the time you're playing it live, mm-hmm. you've played it to enough people where you're confident, but you can never know in front of hundreds of people if the first, well, the first time you play it to the public, yeah, to the public, yeah. like live or whatever. What, yeah, because you know, we yeah, can, that's scary. yeah, but have you put it for you? It's obviously gone through your brother at the time and now, mm, yeah, but, but you still must be going, mm. oh, yeah. god, <laughs> yeah, no, for real. I mean, it the last song we had was uh, a couple of years ago, and uh, funny enough, funny enough, though, we, it got released just as the pandemic lockdown started. So I had uh, a couple of, well, like 18 months to worry about playing it in front of an audience. <laughs> Sitting there going, oh my God. Isn't it? Um, but when we finally did, yeah, that first time, you don't, you don't really know what's, what's gonna, how it's going to resonate in the, in the venue. And can you feel it? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you can tell when it's really gone down well. You can, can definitely you? Tell. Yeah. And if, if it hasn't, you can also tell because you, you kind of feel it in yourself. Like you go, oh, yeah, it's not working as well as I... Do you try and fix it or do you... No, well, at that point, when, when you're playing it live, generally speaking, it's kind of already on the, on the album. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know? um, and, but I've been lucky because it, that very rarely has happened that they don't get it. And sometimes it's just the fact that the album production version works better than maybe the more stripped down live version uh, and vice versa. So still, I know that they'll enjoy it when they hear it recorded because the the production support is there to that song needs, if you know what I mean. How important is radio play with albums? I mean, how do you get your stuff on the radio? Mm. It's, it's, yeah, it's just... Yeah. yeah, really good question. I mean, uh, I'd say still for an artist like me, very important because... Yeah. Um, you know, when you've been in the game for a while, I, I'm old enough to, to know a world without the internet and when it was just the radio and TV as a medium. And now uh, a, a younger generation has come along where radio is not even as important really because they're accessing everything on their phones through social mm. media. But my audience still listen to a lot of radio and play CDs, you know. And so radio is that medium that I can reach out to people. And so when I'm when I get a song that's playlisted 
uh, on radio, it means a big deal to me because I know that I can get to people's ears, you know, because... And how do you get, how do you get to be playlist on the playlist? Well, first of all, in my opinion, because everyone thinks that, well, if you're with a, a big label, they sort it out, but they can't, they can't polish a turd, so to speak. You have to write a song that has a certain resonance to it that you know it stands a good chance. The song has, okay. to, has to work in a big way, first yeah. of all. You know, unless your name is, I don't know, um, Ed Sheeran could probably, even though I think he's amazing, but he can probably afford a couple of okay songs and it will still get, of course, on the radio because of the pull of his name. Yeah. But, you know, you uh, for me, I think you have, the song has to be good. And then... Um, the label, you have a guy called a plugger who basically is the guy that walks in to the radio station with your song and he has to also sell it on the fact, well, he's, uh, he's got an album coming out and he's, they'll, they'll give the whole thing and he's touring to support it because the radio want to know, well, um, what's, what's going to be happening with the next 12 months. And so it has to have a whole you have to sell it on a plan. Yeah. But I, what I like about it, though, is that at the end of the day, for radio, the song is what is what still what what works. Everyone goes, well, you know, it's who it's who you know. But it is about if you've got a stonking song, you're yeah. kind of ninety percent there. And yeah. And I say that, and they're not they're not easy to write. They're not the kind of song you're going to write every day. But you know when you've got that song. Yeah. I write the jingles for our podcast, and I think you would absolutely love them. Okay. <laughs> Not sure you like the lyric. Uh, I the, can uh, sense vocals. a little duet coming as it goes. <laughs> if you duet with Mr. Roachford and I don't, I'm going to smash my computer up. Oh, <laughs> uh, dear. I mean, you guys, uh, it's, a, it's a different medium that you work in, but in some ways there's a lot of similarities, and, you know, um, especially because you you've got to it's an artistic venture and, and you you are, you got to keep home honing your your craft all the time so you can't really rest on your laurels you know no. you, know, you know you got to keep doing it man yeah you, like obviously you had a lot of success in your twenties but do you feel like you're a better artist now like obviously because I feel like me and David have been doing what we do for years now and I feel like hopefully we've got better but do you feel like you're getting still getting better. Well, I'm, I, I definitely, I feel like I'm loads better. I, I feel like uh, sometimes when I listen to some of the earlier albums, I kind of go, oh, my God, why, why did I do that? Why didn't I do that? You know, and I'm kind of going, why didn't I see that I, you could have done that and you could have written that lyric, you know? Right. But um, being in your 20s, I only knew what I knew at the time and I, only had, I was pulling from the life experience I had at the time. So I don't even completely agree with every single lyric that I wrote 30 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've grown as we all, we all do. I, I feel like I'm a much better singer because I know how to sing now. I was a self-taught, that I was a self-taught singer. So I, I was only singing because, well, I wrote some lyrics that sing it. I wasn't classing myself as a singer I just kind of got up and did it and I didn't really know what I was doing was whereas I feel like now I've got more into the art and the technique of singing so uh, I got much better at that yeah it must be weird hearing songs you've written years ago you go, oh there he is there's that bloke so it just feels you know everyone sort of changes in a way but it's there forever as well isn't yeah it? it's you know there I mean? forever you're, 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 you're in time now you're yeah, in it's history sort of immortalized. yeah yeah, it is yeah. weird. I sometimes go, 
I'm, I'm, in some ways, I'm the same person. And in some ways, I'm not. I'm like, who is that guy? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's in this, in this, I think it's normal. I think anyone look back, whether they do music or not, but look back on their life and things that they said 30 years ago, mm. you, would, you better hope there's going to be some kind of evolution. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just glad nothing was recorded at me at like 21. <laughs> Jesus, wet, thick as pig shit. You know, I, I honestly, <laughs> honestly think you've got the natural, you've got the, I mean, you both, you've got a natural thing. I don't know what it is about uh, acting and comedy that s- some people just have this thing about they're well observed, they can pick up on things that, the public we see, but we only see it in a subconscious way. Whereas you guys consciously pick up on things, and and you can actually put it back out there in a way that we go, man, that's so funny. And I don't know how you do it. I really right. don't. Right. You know, I can't do that. Most days we don't either. To be honest. <laughs> Honestly, I suddenly had a thought, Joe. And um, we wrote. A, I wrote a song called "Trouble with My Wi-Fi Baby Girl," <laughs> and Joe and and Joe sang it, and I would love to play it to you. <laughs> but I don't know how to do it because of the technology. I could probably do it on my laptop. Why am I sitting? Right, OK. OK. I, can, I, can I play you my vocals, Mr. Rochford? Yeah, I'm going to light now. As I'm, it's, yeah. I'm yeah. oh, sorry. We've, I've re- realised we've taken up loads of time. Oh, now this is a wonderful ending. To, <laughs> can you find trouble with a Wi-Fi baby yeah, girl? Yeah, I'll go Joe. Eyes on Legs website. Okay. Right, and you, you have to give it a, a genuine <laughs> review, Andrew, okay? No, you got no, a, press, no press. So if you think it's crap. Oh, I don't. I've got to find it. Where is it? <laughs> Hang on. What's the title again? Uh, I've got Trouble With My Wi-Fi Baby Girl. <laughs> Written by David. Oh, God. What is Listen, that? it's <laughs> a jingle, okay? Don't judge me. <laughs> I feel genuinely sick. I'm hoping I can't find it. Right, it's okay. the thing about when you're doing a jingle, you don't have the same pressure. So you probably... No. Know. Genius yeah, there, you know. yeah. It feels quite pressured now, to be honest with you. Right, are you gonna, are you gonna put? <laughs> have you got it there, Joe? I'm trying, trying. I'm like, oh, oh come God. on. Right, um, <laughs> this is a big no rush. Now. Yeah. yeah, well, well, chat amongst yourselves. Oh my, <laughs> God. sorry, I feel like I'm I suddenly like really aware that <laughs> I'm really aware of myself and here's one that you didn't make earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, if you say you vaguely like it, it's going to make Joe's okay. Yeah. Oh God! Right, right. Oh God, God. Oh, Have you God, got it? No, I'm, I'm, I'm scrolling oh. down the most I've ever scrolled in my entire life. <laughs> my hands are sweat. While we're waiting for Joe, where, where, <laughs> where's your next, where's your next gig? Where are you travelling to next? We're travelling. We're going up to Yorkshire. Yeah. A town called Homferth. I can't even pronounce it. Homferth. I've played there a couple of times. Yeah. Mike's lot. Uh, and then we're staying around that area. I think it's Stockton. Uh, don't don't quote me on it because it's like all around that area, Sunderland, Carlisle. Yeah, wow. Uh, yeah, we're, we're we're kind of up north for a bit. You're coming down my neck of the woods. You're in Plymouth. Yes, we're doing Plymouth Pavilions. Yeah. Oh yes, God, yeah. yeah. I found it. He's found it. Right. He's okay. found it. <laughs> Drum roll. Sit, sit back and enjoy it. <laughs> right, Aaron. <laughs> we don't even hear it. We even come through. We've got headphones on. Here we go. Yeah. 
Okay, okay. That was the most excruciating 26 minutes, 26 seconds of my life. I'll tell you what, it's better when you're in the room. <laughs> when, when we go on tour, will you come? <laughs> well, uh, what does what Princess say? Princess say, well, it doesn't suck. <laughs> We've done it. It feels like Christmas morning. <laughs> I have to say, I love the, I love the, the programming sort of 80s electro sounds. Yeah. You did yeah. really well there. Uh, Not talking a lot about the vocals, are we? Uh, <laughs> uh, swimming in effects, and, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. You watch your next album, it'll be, <laughs> hang on a minute. Yeah. I had trouble with my Wi-Fi, baby girl. All oh, right. Ghostface <laughs> 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 <Ghostbusters> ripped us off. <laughs> you can, you can. <laughs> Oh my god! This oh. right. I, I've I've got to say, uh, I know it's coming in, but I, I've I've adored your music for so many years, and this has been. Thank you, man. I haven't calmed down in an hour. It's mad. <laughs> I honestly, I, my heart's been racing the whole time, and this. Thank you, David, for sorting this out. But thank you, Mister Roachford, for. Well, this is this is Pe- this is Petra because I think we've, I think we tweeted you, Roachford, and. Obviously, you didn't get back, and I was like, "Oh no, I hope you don't think we're just a couple of well, we are a couple of dickheads." But um, I, Petra went to your yeah, so we went the, down the right route. Yeah, it's just been incredible. Yeah, it's cool. It's like, cool, blown my mind. It's cool. I mean, uh, I don't know what to do now. <laughs> what, when when you? Well, he's not going. This is a four-hour Zoom call. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> we're here to talk no. to you now. <laughs> um, but honestly, I can't. I can't get over it. My, look, even my camera's gone blurred. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thank you so much for coming on. It's, yeah, it's a, and Mind like blown. Joe's spoken about you loads, so the listeners just are fully on board with what this means. And yeah, yeah, okay, it's brilliant. It's a pleasure, man. I mean, you know, like I said, I'm a fan too, so it's uh, it's likewise, you know. Oh, well, it works both ways, definitely. And uh, well, that's um, the nicest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> thank you so much is yeah, there anything you, you want to plug or anything at all well as as you mentioned obviously i'm back on the road now yeah so uh we'll be coming you can check on the uh uk website find out the dates so i am you know i put stuff on insta uh yeah see you guys out in the gigs and they're very special because this one is uh this tour is about in support of music venues, local independent music venues. And it's been great so far, you know, getting everyone in the room and just, you know, getting a, such an intimate vibe and it's been, it's been great. I feel like, I feel like there's a big shift in the audience since obviously lockdown. Yeah. Really? It's a different vibe pre and post. Definitely. It's so cool. So well, cool. A, as in people are up for it more. They're yeah. up for it more, you know, really, really yeah. up for it more. And, uh, it, it just seems to, I mean, I've always been blessed with a good audience, but my God, now the energy in the room, it shocks me. You know, I'm, I'm like, I'll start a song and there's a bit where I might go, so you sing. And I normally have to sort of get people, do a few rounds, get people jeered up, you know, and, and then they'll start singing back. Now it's straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I've got my whole routine, but I sort of go, I don't even need to, I can let them get on with it, you know. And yeah. It's that sense. 
since the pandemic post, you know, so it's cool. Yeah. Well, good luck with the rest of the tour. I'm sure it'll be amazing. Thanks very much. Thanks so, yeah, much. thank you so much. And is, uh, is it yeah, okay if I joy. bow as an end? <laughs> good curtsy. I'm going to curtsy. <laughs> Genuinely would. You know, I I a couple of years ago got I was lucky enough to get an MBE at, at the Palace, and uh, I was so scared, but mainly because I didn't know what I was supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. And only the last minute, someone came up to me and says, "Don't worry, as long as you um." You say, what was it? I don't even know now. The first time you answer a question, you say, uh, Your Majesty, or something. But then, I, or yeah, whatever it was, it was Princess Royal anyway. So, but I had to, and then after that, you could be more casual. But I didn't know. So I was completely like, I was, my legs were shaking. I was like, What do I say? Yeah, yeah. Been, <laughs> there. Been, there. <laughs> Been there for yeah. the last hour. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, look, thank you for your time. I, yeah, I want to stop. Yeah. On. Okay, well, I'll see you guys. I'm sure on a circuit somewhere. I hope so. Yeah. Or something. Thank you yeah. so much. Okay. Good wow. luck with everything. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. Cheers. Likewise. Bye. Bye. I had trouble with my wife, my baby. literally emotionally drained it's really weird i didn't calm down for one minute no i cannot cannot get over that yeah where the hell do we go from there just that boatford on the yeah i've got so many people i need to contact now yeah i thought you were gonna it's funny when i thought you were gonna cry i was like fucking hell if robert smith came on i think i would it it brings up too many things for me the joy. And I, don't, I don't want to give <laughs> people that. Yeah, I don't. Want, I don't want to open up. <laughs> but it's just the joy yeah. someone's brought you. I've like. I know. I've driven long journeys, going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a nice man. What a lovely. Man. I, I wanted to say that I was like, it's so nice to meet someone you adore, and they're just fantastic, yeah. really nice person who you're just like you're just like lovely as well. Yeah. You know what I'm thinking? Do a London uh, gig and just ask, and just pretty please ask him to come and sing with you on stage. <laughs> sing Cuddly Toy. It would be incredible. Because <laughs> I think you'd, you'd let go and you'd just be lost in the moment. <laughs> and I'll, had, haven't and I'll be filming it. Haven't handed the mic to him once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god just when oh. he started singing it, i was like fuck it sounds great yeah and i was so desperate to ask but i was like i don't want to put any pressure on him i also was like i was really appreciative of you like taking control because i was just 
like you were asking lots of nice questions and stuff. Because I was just like, my brain's not working. I can't. Well, I remember what it was like with Lawrence Towerst. I felt the same thing. I needed you to carry it because I was just staring at him wanting to yeah. kiss him. Yeah. I was <laughs> On like, his forehead. <laughs> I was like, my eyes still look slightly watery. Yeah. After an hour. Fuck. He, but we, were, played... you, were you just looking going, I can't believe I'm sharing this Zoom call with him? Well, no, it hasn't sunk in. I know it hasn't sunk in. I had, yeah, the next day I was going, I was spoken to a me- uh, member of the queue. I was just kept saying that to myself the next day. <laughs> Wait, I, I will, like, we, 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 had, we played Cuddly Toy at my wedding twice. Yeah. God, that must have sounded fucking nuts. No, I, I think he was like, that's lovely to hear, isn't it? I feel like it's not, I don't know, it sounds stupid, like it, this is almost like a near-death experience or something where you sort of go, it doesn't matter now, just chill out. Like, you doesn't matter. Well, the duet's the next thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mustn't let, let, let get carried away and start fucking messing I'll tell you it. what it is. It's getting him to sing Head Trouble with a Wi-Fi Baby Girl. <laughs> Imagine how beautiful that would be. Like, Ed, like Yeah, he'd sing it. Him and Daniel would take over and it would yeah. actually annoy me. <laughs> like, Oi, fellas. <laughs> they hit it off and stay in contact. <laughs> He's part of, like, Mike of the Mechanics now. Yeah, yeah. And we're like, fucking hell. Oh, fuck. Well, thank you. Genuinely, like, and I'm going to go and... I don't know, I think I'm going to be weird around Petra now, like... Yeah, you know, kiss her, cuddle her. <laughs> I think I'm going to be like, thank you. <laughs> She's like, who are you? Thank you. I think I've changed now, genuinely. It's religious. I think it sort of Experience. is. I'm like, like who someone, are you now? I don't know. I just think I can walk the earth. What if you gave up comedy? <laughs> I think I became, became a farmer. <laughs> I just feel like I should do good in the community now. I that? have a feeling might do go the other way. And <laughs> yeah, you really do, com- really do comedy. Even bigger show off. <laughs> At the time he, I think it was around the time he did the podcast, and then he went bananas. Started wearing really tight clothes. <laughs> Is he the top, yeah, person in the world to talk to for you? I think so. Yeah. 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 I think yeah. so. Fuck! Oh my god! It's all downhill from it here. It is, isn't it? Mystery guest turned around. Oh, hello. You all right? Yeah. Not Rachel, is it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Colin Farrell. Yep. Yeah. yeah, whatever. Mad that he wrote that song. He's twenty-one. I can't get my head around shit like that. I really can't. No, so bizarre. Did you enjoy chatting to him? Like, I know you, I loved like, it because he, he, uh, he sort I of loved it. Because I, I was like, here's a bloke that's mm. lived the dream. Yeah, that's why I was like, I just wanted to know. Just I please thought you, tell. I thought you did because like, it's all the. The, you know, like the kind of stuff that you would have dreamt of doing, you know, like when you were 17 playing. Well, you just, yeah, you're talking to someone who's super talented that you go, mm. fuck, you've done it. Yeah. And you're also playing a song or two that still really resonate. Mm. Yeah. You, you've written like a classic. Exactly. So like I, How many I people can say to... they've written a classic? Not many people. Well, I... I guess me, him. You, him, and the Beatles, I'd say. <laughs> and I worry about some of the Beatles. Well, there you go. Mate, My amazing. mic's buggered. Oh, I forgot, day. To, forgot to record it. Oh, fuck. Oh, fucking hell, I have. Oh, you haven't. No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Imagine uh, that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Andrew, back on. would you come on, would you? Fuck off. Yeah. Right. Cheers, mate. Right. I'm, I've Cheers. Just gone out. I've, I've got to be in the house on my own. Oh, how frustrating. Put the album on and go fucking nuts. <laughs> <on your door. laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, out in the garden like that. <laughs> he knows me. He likes me. He knows me. I've met him and he likes me. Jonathan, Jonathan, <laughs> Jonathan. Say your neighbour. Yeah. Just then, um, I've just had, all right, cheers, mate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bins out oh. Thursday. Bins go out Thursday. <laughs> oh, right. Right. Cheers, mate. Sleep well. Yeah, not going to. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Hey guys, it's Kayla Yule from Directionally Challenged, a podcast about realigning your internal compass. New KFC chicken nuggets are finally here and you have never had nuggets like these. All of the delicious KFC flavor you love in one amazing chicken nugget. 100% white meat, hand-breaded in KFC's original recipe. Order new KFC fried chicken nuggets now available at participating KFC near you. Guys, they're finger licking good.